Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of She Existed, the podcast wherein I, Ashlyn Romagnoli, give you a little snack-sized introduction to a badass woman from history. It is our week anniversary ish <laughs> and I have 13 listens, 20 subscribers. What? Look, I know that's small beans to most people in the grand scheme of things, but you're listening to a person who once happy danced around her apartment because her short story was rejected by a publisher, but she was informed that it was in the B pile, not the C pile. It's the little things, you know? (laughs) Anyway, so today I'm going to kick off something new, uh, a little mini-series. Basically, I got down a rabbit hole last weekend learning about literary salons, and just found out about so many super fascinating women that I knew I had to do an episode. I considered doing one episode that touched on several women, but like there were way too many interesting side notes and cultural nuances and historical legacy tidbits. So I decided that I would categorize the salons by culture and do maybe three, maybe four in this series. I promise they're all very distinctive stories, so it won't feel repetitive. Well, I guess I can't make a promise about how you'll feel about it, but rest assured that I'm going to do my best to try to keep things tight and fresh around here. The reason, by the way, that I was looking up salons is that I'm trying to host a little salon of my own, in a way, uh, this coming Saturday. So I guess tomorrow, if I get my shit together and record and publish on Friday's planned, uh, on Clubhouse, yes, that newfangled social media thing, I'm inviting a few beloved friends to hang out and just chit-chat, I guess, on Saturday at 1 p.m. PST, 2 p.m. CST, 4 p.m. EST, which is 10 p.m. my time in Rome. So I'm guessing I will probably have had a couple more than anyone else at that point, so at least it shouldn't be boring. The goal is like a low-pressure hangout in an environment that's a little more like a coffee shop or low-key party. Uh, You can contribute if you want, or just hang back and listen to other people's conversations. I know that I sometimes just want to lurk and pretend like I'm being social, so let me know if you're interested in joining in. We are all friendly and cool, I promise. Last little bit of housekeeping. I swear, I try to keep this stuff really short because uh, one of my biggest pet peeves ever is when podcasts don't get into the meat until like 10 or god forbid 30 minutes into the show. Like, damn, nobody cares about my personal life. Uh, Anyway, there's an Instagram you can follow for the show for any updates and pretty pictures at she.existed all spelled normally. I'm also experimenting right now (laughs) with videoing my recording to put on IGTV because, I don't know, maybe some people are curious about just how many takes it takes me to say, like, one word properly or deliver one joke in just the right way. Spoiler alert, it can be a lot, but it can also be funny to watch. At least, I think so. We'll see how it goes. Not sure I'm going to want to get dressed as frequently as doing a video for every single time would require, Because yes, I often record my jammies. In fact, looking at the video screen right now, you can't even see that I'm not really wearing real pants. So, hmm, win for me. Anyway, I am very excited to kick off the Salon series with what I'm calling Women of the Literary Salons of the Arab World. Ooh, intriguing. A mouthful of a name, but intriguing. It felt really important for me to start here, because the history of Arab peoples is a fairly opaque area for me. So therefore, there's lots and lots and lots to learn and discover. Obviously, the most common association with salons for people raised in the Western world, like myself, tend to be France, uh, maybe Italy or England, and we will get to some fab ladies from those places as well. But anyway, I thought it would be cool to start outside of that box. 
Cool. Let's start with Alcanza, who was born in about 575 CE. Her real name was Tumadir bint Amir ibn al-Harif ibn al-Sharid al-Sulamiyah. So I think you can see why I'll be referring to her as her more commonly known name, Alcanza, which, if I remember correctly, means gazelle. Lovely. In her day, she wrote some of the finest and most respected elegies performed in public oral competitions, which led to her consideration as the finest author of Arabic elegies of all time. She wrote elegies for her two brothers that supposedly made the Prophet Muhammad weep, and it is said that she was his favorite poet. Apparently, at one point, a dude poet said to her, you are the greatest poet among those with breasts. And she clapped back with, I'm the greatest poet among those with testicles too. (laughs) So we're off to a pretty badass start. Later, during the Umayyad dynasty, which held power between 661 and 1031 CE, a woman named Sukaina bint al-Hussein began hosting soirees in her home around 734, so nearly 200 years after Alcanza and nearly a thousand years before the famous 17th century European salons. These were called majlis, which is a word that apparently specifically refers to an assembly intended for a regular or permanent time and place, which indicates that they were regularly occurring events. I had trouble getting too much detail on them beyond just that they existed. In fact, the wiki article of her name diverts to what appears to be an incorrect page because it goes to the page of a young girl who died at the age of four, which is super sad and is obviously not the right person. But even without too much detail about what went on at her salons, it's very interesting and an important moment to pave the way for the next two women I'm going to talk about. Now, we have a little bit of a time gap here. I'm sure I'm overlooking plenty of things. Uh, Like I said, my knowledge of this world and these eras is not super thorough. But according to what I found in the mid-late 19th century, Mariana Marash is credited with revitalizing the tradition of the literary salon in the Arab world. She... (laughs) Guys. Gals. People. This lady just seems like something else. Now, all of the women I'm talking about in today's episode are really interesting and really special, but to derail us just a tiny bit, whoop, another sad note for you all. (laughs) I've just observed that in Western society, there is a lot of ignorance to combat about Arab culture and Islam in general. I'm not really the person to do that uh, for reasons stated earlier about my overwhelming ignorance of it all in general. And frankly, the purpose of this podcast is discovery and exploration. Not to lambast people like myself and probably most of my listeners who have been born into a culture that criminally devalues and disdains the other. All we can do is do better once we are aware of that bullshit. But anyway, it just really tugs at my heartstrings when I encounter a woman like Mariana Marash in history. She was doing her thing almost 200 years ago. For some global context, she died the year women got the right to vote in the U.S. It's just a good reminder that in all times... In all places, there have been people fighting for what's right in the world. Mariana was a huge proponent of women's rights, was herself a poet, the first published female Syrian poet, in fact, and a major contributor to Nada, or the Arab Renaissance. She was possibly even the first female journalist in Arabic-language daily newspapers. I read the most amazing description of her that I just had to share with you all. Sami Kayali said about Marash, The emergence of a woman writing in the press and composing poetry in this dark era was a significant event. Our recent history shows that it was rare for even men to read and write. Her appearance in these dark nights was thus like a bright star in the center of the heavens. Oh, just really inspiring. 
Anton Sha'arawi has described typical evenings spent at Mariana's salon, quote, Wearing either all black or all white dresses ordered from Paris, Mariana hosted the mixed evening get-togethers, in which literary topics as varied as the Mul'alakat, a cycle of seven pre-Islamic poems, or the works of Rabelais were discussed. Chess and card games were played, and complicated poetry competitions took place. Wine and Iraq flowed freely. Participants sang, danced, and listened to records played on a phonograph. 10 out of 10 would attend. Also, remember when we got to go to parties with other humans? Boo, COVID. Get your vaccines. Okay. A near contemporary of Mariana, next we have Princess Zainab Nazli Fazil Hanim, whose salons began sometime around 1879 after the death of her first husband. Apparently that was not a super happy marriage, and their only daughter died in infancy, which is incredibly tragic. Nasli did not have any other children, but apparently she did have a much happier marriage later in life that lasted until her death, so yay for that. As a person, Princess Nasli is said to have been quick-witted and to have loved photographs, champagne, cigarettes, and her pianola all conveniently excellent attributes for a woman who would host salons. She would apparently play said pianola for her guests, and her guests would sing and her maid even danced for them. So in addition to what I assume was extremely interesting and probably even heated discussion, they had plenty of entertainment and fun. In the book, Egypt's Belle Epoque, Trevor Mostyn states that she was, quote, brilliantly intellectual and a socialite throughout her life. She was immensely well-read and would discourse in depth on countries as distant as Japan. In her palace, rich with Egyptian-made Louis XV furniture, her palace walls were covered with pages of the illustrated magazines of the day. Now, Princess Nasli's guest list skewed heavily male. The source I read said, rather vaguely, that no Egyptian women ever attended, which to me leaves the door open for non-Egyptian women, maybe? So, I don't know. But what's important to know is that in general, uh, as with Mariana's, salons of this type did typically have both genders present. I found a great quote by historian Keith Wattenpah, who describes the salons of this time as the following, quote, Soirees were unrelated men and women circulated with one another freely, and where Christians and Muslims, who shared a similar educational background, drank and smoked cigarettes together while they sat in straight-backed chairs around high tables. Nevertheless, mostly, if not all male, though they may have been, Princess Nasli's events included a lot of the great thinkers of the time including prime ministers, poets, reformists, and even Kasim Amin, who is often referred to as the Arab world's first feminist. Whoop, whoop. Princess Nasli wasn't without her flaws, however, and was noted as being overall somewhat disparaging of Arab culture, apparently in favor of the British culture she fell in love with during her time in Istanbul, where the British ambassador and she enjoyed a very close father-daughter type relationship. Mosta noted that she, quote, seemed to have regarded Egypt as a land of barbarism, telling one of her salon guests, quote, the new generation is not worth the rope to hang itself with. The latter quote, in my opinion, is certainly something that could have been attributed to almost any person at almost any point in history. <laughs> Though I do personally have a lot of hope for Gen Z. So that's about all we've got time for this episode. I know. It feels very surface level, so get ye to the research and take a look at Alkanza, A-L-K-H-A-N-S-A, Sukaina bint al-Hussein, S-U-K-A-Y-N-A-H, B-I-N-T, A-L-H-U-S-A-Y-N. 
that's the one that redirects on Wikipedia to, I think, a very unrelated article, so not on Wikipedia for that one. Mariana Marash, M-A-R-Y-A-N-A-M-A-R-R-A-S-H, Nazli Fazil, N-A-Z-L-I-F-A-Z-I-L, very important to include the last name here because Nazli was a very common name, especially among royalty. At one point, I read something that was like, and then the three generations of charismatic Nazlis happened, and that may have included our Nazli, but I'm actually not sure exactly, but definitely could have. She was described as being very charismatic. And finally, Nada. That is the Arab Renaissance I mentioned very briefly, uh, but absolutely worth some Googling. So note that it was in the 19th and early 20th centuries, so it is not to be confused with some more recent political movements. I'm sure those are interesting to Google too. So, I don't know, whatever floats your boat, I guess. And that's that. So I'm going to leave you with this last totally badass quote about Princess Nasli. Quote, Her dinners were famous and were described garishly on the court pages of Cairo's newspapers. She had an amazing capacity for drinking champagne and was known to drink four bottles, one after another, without being any worse for wear. I shudder at the thought of that hangover. Thanks, guys, for joining me for this experiment. Uh, Remember, death is coming. Eat trash. Be free. That's about all the advice I have for you. Ash out. Peace.